Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to the Abundance Podcast. My name is Eileen and I am here with my dad. Hello dad, how are you? Hello Eileen. I'm very, very well. Yes. In abundance. In abundance fully. I love it. You are in abundance podcast. Yes. So we are approaching chapter six. I'm super excited to just dive into this chapter. So make me the honors, daddy. Alrighty. Chapter six. To this day, I can't say what it was that came over me. It was just a doom feeling and it drove me out. Away even from the strange, curious fellow that was Donald Shimoda. If I have to fraternize with doom, even the Messiah himself is not powerful enough to make me hang around. It was quiet in the field. A silent, huge meadow opened to the sky. The only sound, a little stream, I had to listen pretty hard to hear. Lonely again. A person gets used to being alone, but break it for just one day and you have to get used to it all over again from the beginning. So, okay, it was fun for a while, I said out loud onto the meadow. It was fun and maybe I had a lot to learn from the guy, but I get enough of crowds even when they're happy. And if they're scared, they're either going to crucify somebody or worship him. I'm sorry, that's too much. Saying that cut me short. The words I had said could have been Shimada's exactly. Why did he stay there? I had the sense to leave, and I was no messiah at all. Illusions. What did he mean about illusions? That mattered more than anything he had said or done. Fierce he was when he said, it's all illusions, as though he could blast the idea into my head with sheer force. It was a problem, all right, and I needed its gift, but I still didn't know what it meant. I got a fire going after a while, cooked me up, a kind of leftover goulash of bits and pieces of soybean meat and dry noodles and two hot dogs from three days ago that boiling should have been good for. The toolbox was crushed along the grocery box and for no reason I fetched out the 916s and looked at it, wiped it clean and stirred the goulash with it. I was alone, mind you, no one to watch. So, for fun, I tried floating it in the air, the way he had done. If I tossed it high straight up and I blinked my eyes when it stopped going up and started coming down, I got half a second feeling that it was floating. But then it thunked back down to the grass or on my knee and the effect was shattered fast. But this very same wrench how did he do it? Ah, if that's an illusion, Mr. Shimoda, then what is it real? And if this life is illusion, why do we live it at all? I gave up fast. I gave up 
fast at last. I tossed the wrench a couple more times and quit. And quitting, I was suddenly glad. All at once happy that I was where I was and knew what I knew. Even though it wasn't the answer to all existence or even a few illusions. When I'm alone, sometimes I sing. Oh, me and the old paint. I sang, patting the wing of my fleet in true love for the thing. I remember, the, remember, there was nobody to hear. We'll wander the sky, hoping around hayfields till one of us gives in. Music and words both composed as I go along. And it won't be me giving in, paint, unless you break a spar and then I'll just tie you up with bowling wire and we'll go on flying, we'll go on flying on. The verses are endless when I get going and happy, since the rhythm isn't at all critical. I had already stopped thinking about the problems of the Messiah. There was no way I could figure out who he was or what he meant. So I stopped trying and I guess that's what made me happy. Long about 10 o'clock, the fire ran out and so did my song. Wherever you are, Donald Shimoda, I said, unrolling my blanket under the wing, I wish you happy flying and no crowds, if that's what you want. No, I take it back. I wish, dear lonely Messiah, that you find whatever it is you want to find. His handbook fell off the pocket as I took my shirt off, and I read it where it opened. The bond that links your true family is not one of blood, but of respect and joy in each other's life. Rarely do members of one family grow up under the same roof. I didn't see how that applied to me, and reminded myself never to let a book replace my own thinking. I rustled down under the blanket, and then I was out like a light bulb, turned off, warm and dreamless under the sky and under several thousand stars that were illusions, maybe, but pretty ones for sure. When I came conscious again, it was just sunrise, rose light and gold shadows. I woke not because of the light, but because something was touching my head ever so gently. I took it for a haste them floating there. Second time, I knew it was a bug. I swatted widely and nearly broke my hand. A 916's end wrench is a hard chunk of iron to swat full speed, and I woke up fast. The wrench bounced off the aileron hinge, buried itself for a moment in the grass, and then floated grandly to hover in the air again. Then, as I watched, coming wide awake, it sank softly back down onto the ground and it was still. By the time I thought to pick it up, it was the same old 916s I knew and I loved. Just as heavy, just as eager to get all those pesky nuts and bolts. Well, hell, 
I never say I never say hell or damn. It's a carryover from an ego thing I was when I was a child. But I was truly puzzled, and there was nothing else to say. What was happening to my ranch? Donald Shimoda was 60 miles at least over the horizon from here in any direction. I hefted the thing, examined it, balanced it, feeling like a prehistoric ape that cannot understand a wheel turning before its very eyes. There had to be a simple reason. Ah, I gave up at last. Annoyed, I put the tool bag I put it in the tool bag and lit the fire for my pan bread. There was no rush to go anywhere. Might stay here all day if I feel like it. The bread had risen well in the pan. Was just ready to be turned when I heard a sound in the sky to the west. There was no way that sound could have been Shimoda's airplane. No way anybody could have tracked me to this field. Out of millions of Midwest fields. But I knew it was him. And I started whistling, watching the bread and the sky and trying to think of something very calm to say when he landed. It was a travel air, all right. Flew in, low over the fleet, pulled up steep in a show-off turn, slipped down through the air and landed 60 miles per hour. The speed a travel air ought to land. He pulled alongside, shut down his engine. I didn't say anything. Waved. But I didn't say a word. I did stop whistling, though. He got out of the cockpit and walked to the fire. Hi, Richard. You're late, I said. Almost burned the pan bread. Sorry. I handed him a cup of stream water and a tin plate with half the pan bread I had and a chunk of margarine. How did it go? It went okay. He said with an instant half smile. I escaped with my life. Had some doubts you would. He ate the bread for a while in silence. You know? He said at last contemplating his meal. This is really terrible stuff. Nobody says you have to eat my pan bread, I said crossly. Why does everybody hate my pan bread? Nobody likes my pan bread. Why is that, ascended master? Well, and I'm speaking as God now. I'd say that you believe that it is good, and there, therefore it does taste good to you. Try it without deeply believing that, and believe that it's sort of like a fire after a flood in a flour mill, don't you think? You meant to put it in the grass, I think. Ah, uh, sorry, fell off my sleeve somehow. But don't you think the basic bread itself, not the grass or the little char part there, the basic pan bread, don't you think? Terrible. He said, handing me back all but a bite of what I had handed him. I'd rather starve. Still have the peaches? In the box. How had he found me in this field, a 28-foot wingspan in 10,000 miles of prairie farmland is not an easy target, looking into the sun especially, but I bowed not to ask. If he wanted to tell me, 
he would tell me, How did you find me? I could have landed anywhere. He had opened the peach can and was eating peaches with a knife. Not an easy trick. Like attracts like. Oh. Cosmic law. Uh -huh. I finished my bread and then scraped the pan with sand from the stream. That sure was good bread. Do you mind explaining? How is it that I am like your esteemed self? Or did by like you mean the Europeans are alike, sort of? We, miracle workers, got to stick together. The sentence was both kind and horrifying, the way he said it. Uh, Don, referring to your last comment, perhaps you'd like to tell me what you had in mind. We, miracle workers? From the position of the 916 on your tool back, I'd say that you were running the old levitating the end wrench trick this morning. Tell me if I'm wrong. I wasn't running anything. It woke me up. The thing woke me up by itself. Oh, by itself. Yes, by itself. Your understanding of your miracle working, Richard, is as thorough as your understanding of bread making. <laughs> I didn't reply to that. I just eased myself down to the bedroll and was quiet as I could be. If he had something to say, he could say it in his own good time. Some of us start learning these things subconsciously. Our waking mind won't accept it, so we do our miracles in our sleep. He watched the sky and the first little clouds of the day. Don't be impatient, Richard. We're all on the way of learning more. It will come to you pretty quickly now. And you'll be wise old spiritual maestro before you know it. What do you mean before I know it? I don't want to know it. I don't want to know anything. You don't want to know anything? Well, I want to know why the world is and what it is that... Why I live here, where I'm going next. Uh, I want to know that. How to fly without an airplane, if I had a wish. Sorry. Sorry what? Doesn't work that way. If you learn what this world is, how it works, you automatically start getting miracles. What you will be called miracles. But of course, nothing is miraculous. Learn what the magician knows and it is not magic anymore. He looked away from the sky. You're like everybody else. You already know this stuff. You're just not aware that you know it yet. I don't recall. I don't recall you asking me whether I want to learn this thing, whether it is what was brought your crowds and misery to your life. Seems to have slipped my mind. Soon as I said the words, I knew that he was going to say it. I remember later and that he'd be right. He stretched out in the grass, the last of the flower in its bag for a pillow. Look, you don't worry about the crowds. They can't touch you unless you want them to. You're magic, remember, poof, you're invisible and walking through the doors. Crowd got you in Troy, didn't it? Did I say I didn't want them to? I allowed that. I liked it. There's a little ham in all of us, but we never make it as masters. But 
Didn't you quit? Didn't I read... Uh... The way things were going, I was turning into one and only full-time messiah. In that job, I quit cold. But I can't unlearn what I've spent lifetimes coming to know, can I? I closed my eyes and crunched, and crunched a hay steam. Look, Donald, what are you trying to tell me? Why don't you come right out and say what's going on? It was quiet for a long time, and then he said, Maybe you ought to tell me. You tell me what I'm trying to say, and I'll correct you if you're wrong. I thought about it for a minute, and decided to surprise him. Okay, I'll tell you. I practiced then pausing, to see how long he could wait if what I said didn't come out too fluent. The sun was high enough to be warm now, and away and way off in some hidden field a farmer worked a diesel tractor cultivating corn on a Sunday. Okay, I'll tell you. First of all, it was no coincidence when I first saw you landed down in the field in Ferris, right? He was quiet as the hay growing. And second of all, you and I have some kind of mystical agreement with which apparently I have forgotten and you haven't. Only a soft wind blowing and the distant tractor sound wafting back and forth with it. There was a part of me listening that I didn't think what I said was fiction. I was making it up and it was a true story. I'm going to say that we met three or four thousand years ago, give or take a day. We like the same kind of adventures. We probably hate the same sort of destroyers. Learn with about as much fun, about as fast as each other. You've got a better memory. Our meeting again is what you mean by like attracts like, that you said. I picked a new hastem. How am I doing? For a while I thought it was going to be a long haul. It was going to be a long haul, but I think there's a slim outside chance that you might make it this time. Keep talking. For another thing, I don't have to keep talking because you already know what things people know. But if I didn't say these things, you wouldn't know what I think that I know. And without that, I can't learn any of the things that I want to learn. I put down my hasten. What's in it for you, Don? Why do you bother with people like me? Whenever somebody is advanced as you are, he gets all these miracle powers as byproducts. You don't need me. You don't need anything at all from this world. I turned my head and looked at him. His eyes were closed. Like gas in the travel air? Right. So all this left in this world is boredom. Are there are no adventures where, when you know what, you can't be troubled by anything in this earth. Your only problem is that you do not have any problems. That, I thought, was a terrific piece of thinking. You missed there. Tell me why I quit my job. Do you know why I quit the Messiah job? Crowds. You said everybody wanting you to do their miracles for them. 
Yeah, not the first, the second. Crowdphobia is your cross, not mine. It's not the crowds that were me. It's the kind of crowds that don't care at all about what I came to say. You can walk New York to London on the ocean. You can pull gold coins forever and still not make them care, you know? When he said that, he looked lonelier than I had ever seen a man still alive. He didn't need food or shelter or money or fame. He was dying for his need to say what he knew, and nobody cared enough to listen. I frowned at him, so as not to cry. Well, you asked for it. If your happiness depends on what every, somebody else does, then I guess you do have a problem. He jerked his head up, and his eyes blazed as though I had hit him with a wrench. I thought all at once that it would be wise not to get this guy mad at me. A man fries quick, struck by lightning. Then he smiled, that half-second smile. You know what, Richard? You are right. He was quiet again, tranced, almost, by what I had said. Not noticing, I went on talking to him for hours about how we had met and what there was to learn and all these ideas firing through my head like morning comets, comets and daylight meteors. He lay very still in the grass, not moving, not saying a word. By noon, I finished my version of the universe and all things that dwelt therein. And I feel like I've barely begun, Don. Uh, there's so much to say. How do I know all of this? How come is that? He didn't answer. If you expect me to answer my own question, I confess that I don't know. Why can I say all these things now when I've never even tried before? What's happened to me? No answer. Don, it's okay for you to talk now, please. He didn't say a word. I had explained the panorama of life to him and my Messiah as though he had heard all he needed in that one chance word about his happiness had fallen asleep. All right, well, that was the end of chapter six. And Dad, what do you think of this amazing chapter? We've seen Richard go through a lot of emotions and same with Donald. So what was your thought of this chapter? Well, there is a phrase that I think sums up the whole chapter. Uh, when he says, when Richard tells Donald, if your happiness depends on what somebody else does, I guess you do have a problem. We cannot give that power to anybody. Uh, we, our happiness depends only on what we do, on what we think, on what we feel, not any, any, anybody else. I think that sums up the whole chapter and in a good measure, the whole book. 
Yes, and this was so interesting, right? Because it's always Richard learning from Donald. And this time it was Richard telling Donald what, exactly what he needed to, to listen, right? And it was so incredible. Even the Messiah has these insecurities and has these things that he, even he didn't realize it before, right? So it gave him a lot of clarity, gave him a lot of peace just knowing that sentence, right? Um, right. Also, I wanted to to point out this, this note on the book that it says, the bond that links your true family is not one of blood, but a respect and joy in each other's life. Rarely do members of one family grow up under the same roof. I thought this was so beautiful. How many of us have met someone and we instantly feel a bond, right? We instantly feel like this is part of my tribe. When, when you recognize somebody at a glance, no? And that's because you've lived many lives together, maybe. Maybe yes. not. Who knows? Exactly, exactly. So this is when we think or, or we can uh, maybe prove we're beyond this physical uh, body, right? And uh, it was also interesting for me to see how Richard deal with the whole situation, right? Like uh, when we see Richard, we can maybe think, oh, he was a coward or he was, uh, he left Donald behind, like his only friend, like how could he do that, right? But if we see it in retrospective, also Richard was looking out for himself. He was not comfortable in that situation and he chose to leave. So we can put this in our lives. When, whenever we are encountering a situation with a loved one or someone that we care deeply for, but our whole body, our whole self is telling you to go, do you choose to stay or do you choose to honor whatever you're feeling? You can only be true to yourself. Being true to anybody else, it's not only impossible, but it's the mark of a fake messiah. Yes, quoting the good book, Daddy, I see you. I see you. <laughs> I love this. And I wanted to also ask you, since we've gone through all these thoughts about life is an illusion, everything is an illusion, and they even ask themselves, if life is an illusion, why live it at all? What is your answer to that? Because um, living this life, even though it's an illusion, we have this sensory apparatus you know your your hands your your ears your eyes your nose your touch we have five senses and it's it's a mildly efficient way to learn there must be better ways to learn yes of course i'm sure there are better ways to learn but this one's not so bad and we enjoy it so that's why we live this life because we are learning whatever you're living you're learning Yes, That's and my it's, answer. it's worthy, right? It's worthy to live this life fully. Um, I, I think that one of the reasons that we live this life is we live in this eternal expanding universe, right? And uh, when we come and experience life, we're, we're bringing something to the table and to the expansion of the universe, right? Whenever we learn, whenever we understand something, we, we contribute onto that ex, uh, forever expanding, right? So it, it's, it's just for us, there's a saying, right? Nothing means nothing, right? But at the, at the same time, everything means everything, right? So it's just that beautiful paradox, right? Your life, uh, you can find as much meaning as you want, but also you should not take it as seriously, maybe, right? Just enjoy it fully. <laughs> Just enjoy it. There was this always this um, uh, discussion between your grandparents. Your grandma would say, 
she would pick up everything up. Whatever she saw on the street, she would pick it up and she would say, oh, a nut or whatever. And grandpa would say, what do you want that for? And she would say, everything is good for something. And then grandpa would say, yeah, but nothing is good for everything. <laughs> that is so incredible. So they basically but, portray the paradox. <laughs> what fills you more? What brings you joy, right? Is it uh, grandpa's view or is it grandma's view? You choose. <laughs> I you absolutely know, love that. I didn't know about uh, that that story. Thank you so much for sharing. And the last <laughs> thing that so I want to point out um, when when you see Richard having these conflictive thoughts and just being too much into his head, right? Like on on was it good? Should I have stayed? All these, right? He was really conflicted, um, and he started singing. It was beautiful that instantly there he kind of even forgot about whatever he was dealing with, right? So there's a saying that I really love and I want to share that is emotions don't like to share space, right? Whenever we're feeling overwhelmed or we're feeling sad, if something, maybe a bang uh, happens next to us, we're going to feel scared mm -hmm. maybe for that brief moment, right? Or maybe we're crying and someone says something funny about I don't know how we're looking crying. I don't know. And you start laughing a little bit for that brief you moment. You snap out of it. Happy. Okay. Exactly. So I uh, like just... that. Emotions don't share space. I like it. I like it. Emotions don't share space. Yes. So we, when we internalize that, we can see, oh, wow, we can jump from one emotion to the other without attaching ourselves to them. And you've said previously on other uh, chapters, right? It's not bad. We shouldn't run from feeling our emotions, but know that, They, they don't control us either, right? And we can, we can choose which ones we put more attention to and which ones we choose to let go. And I think that's what we come here to learn through these emotions. What are you going to do with emotion? Is it a good emotion? Is it a bad one? Do you, where do you feel it? In your solar plexus? Do you internalize it and you know it uh, cognitively? Or... or The important thing is, what do you do with it? How do you react to it? Yes. I think that's the most important lesson. Oh, my God. I absolutely love that. Well, that this was one of my favorite chapters so far. They have, there is so much going on, and I'm so excited for the next one. Thank you so much again. This was a complete pleasure, and I'm so excited to know what uh, the listeners are feeling about this book. So please don't be afraid to reach out and just let us know how you're feeling so far. Thank you, Let Dad. us know. I yes. hope you like it. All We're right. enjoying it a lot. <laughs> We are. Thank you so much. Ciao.